Hello there, and welcome to the 35th episode of Blue Jays World Update. I'm your host, Thomas Hall, and let's get chipped today. Alright, so in this week's episode, I'm going to be giving a update on the status of free agent Tomoyoki Sugano, and then I'm also going to be talking about a few backup options the Blue Jays could revert to if they don't in fact land him. So let's get into it. Alright, so before I get into this week's show, first, I gotta give out some congratulations to everyone who's listening to this, because we made it through 2020. It's now 2021, we've gotten through the historically awful, and that's probably it's probably not even a, a big enough adjective to describe how ugly and catastrophic this past year was but we finally got through it we came together we're now into 2021 and now we can look forward to better days so let's talk about what's going on with Tomoyuki Sugano because last week we saw what happened with Hasum Kim and he signed with the San Diego Padres who have been making a ton of moves recently because this time last week they got Blake Snell, then they got Kim, oh and then they also got you Darvish too and don't sleep on Victor Carantini either because he's also a very good catcher as well. So they're making major moves out in the west but for the Blue Jays it seems they may be able to make a move very shortly because as per John Heyman, Sugano may sign as soon as Tuesday because as of right now, he's in the United States talking with his agent, looking through all the suitors who have expressed interest in him. But one of his major concerns right now, like all of us, is with the COVID-19 pandemic. And I don't blame him because everywhere in the world essentially has handled this virus very poorly particularly the states canada that hasn't done a good job of that either but america is at a completely different level of stupidity when it comes to this virus so you can understand as to why he's kind of undecided on whether or not he will be willing to move to north america this year uh, he does have a lucrative contract for him back in japan the yamori giants offered him a four-year deal that also includes three different opt-outs within the first three years of his deal so basically if he agreed to go back he'd basically just be going there for one year getting reposted next off season and hoping that the market for him will be even bigger than what it is this off season. But that's a dangerous tactic for Sagano because he's not getting any younger. He's in his thirties. He just turned 31 back in October. So for him to potentially say, I'm going to go back to Japan for one more year, then try and come back next offseason and join with a major league team that may not work in his benefit because he'll be 32 at that time a year older which means 
While there may be a bigger market for him across the entire league, there's a good chance the majority of those teams may only be willing to give him a two or three year deal as opposed to like a three or four year deal if he were to sign this offseason. And there's also the possibility of him getting injured, which would certainly derail any chance of him coming over to the major leagues next winter. And if he doesn't perform effectively as well as he did in 2020, then he may not get as much money either. So I think now is the time for him to cash in on his value right now because he's coming off arguably one of the best seasons of his entire career. And he also has suffered injuries before. He battled through a shoulder injury, or sorry, a back injury during the 2019 campaign, and it significantly impacted his results because he only produced, now this is by his standards, but he only produced a 3.89 ERA, saw his hit totals rise, he gave up a 9.1 hits per nine, a 1.3 home runs per nine, and a 2.1% walk rate, and just a 7.9, or sorry, a 2.1 walks per nine, and a 7.9 strikeouts per nine. But in this past season, that now that he was healthy, he posted a, one a 197 ERA, his lowest since 2017, a 276 FIP, a 0.89 whip, a 6.4 hits per nine, a 0.5 home runs per nine, which was tied for his career best, also posted a 24.6% strikeout rate and a, just a 4.7% walk rate. So you can see the big difference there between where when he's healthy and when he's not. So again, if he suffers a similar injury, either to his shoulder or to his back next season, then that could impact his chances of landing a lucrative contract next winter if he decides to return to Japan this offseason. But there's also a bit of an update as to who may be the front runners for his services because according to numerous reports coming out Monday morning, the New York Mets apparently may be looking elsewhere as they have reportedly not been entirely interested in him as some of us previously thought. Um, Joel Sherman reported that they've been in contact with him briefly, but it doesn't seem like they've made a formal offer to him or they're even seriously considering signing him. But for the Blue Jays, that means it really might come down between them and the San Francisco Giants. Because as of right now, now there probably is a lot more teams interested in Sugano's services. But as of right now, it seems the Blue Jays and the Giants may be the two front runners for his services. And even though, you know, just looking at city aspect, San Francisco is a very nice place to live. I'd arguably say that it's a little bit nicer to live in, mainly because of the weather, than Toronto. 
but there's no question both the Giants and the Blue Jays can offer Sugano a good amount of money and term as well. So it all comes down to probably who has the larger offer and where he wants to play, whether it be America or Canada. Because if he really is thinking about and is worried about the virus, even though there's no guarantee the Blue Jays play in Canada next season, you gotta think that long term, even though this virus probably isn't going to last past 2021, hopefully, um, you gotta think if that's his main concern, even if the Blue Jays start next season in Buffalo or Dunedin or whatever, you gotta think they're gonna finish next season in Toronto, which may lean him towards signing with the Blue Jays over the Giants or any other team in America. But again, like we saw with Kim, money may end up being the final factor here. And Sugano is considered the second best pitcher in free agency this offseason. So even though the Blue Jays were heavily interested in Kim, you got to think that they consider Sugano a much higher target, a much higher priority than Kim. But we probably won't see what will happen until Tuesday. And some of you may be listening to this and already know where he signed as I'm recording this on Monday. So this may all be irrelevant to you, but hopefully the Blue Jays end up with Sugano because paired with Ryu and Nate Pearson and whoever else fills out the rest of the rotation, that's a very good start for the Blue Jays heading into next season because even though Nate Pearson finished last season in the bullpen, looked shaky as a starter at times, he's going to return to the, the rotation next season. And over a full season, you got to think his results are going to be much better than they were in 2020, especially if we have no stoppage in spring training. That I think that would definitely help him out significantly but again with Ryu, Sugano and Pearson as your front three it it'll matter who are in those final two spots but those three if Sugano stats transfer over which it seems like they should the Blue Jays will significantly improve their run prevention moving forward if they land a guy like Sugano so We'll see what happens in that department. But even if they don't land Sugano, it's not like they're out of options because Trevor Bauer will still be available by Tuesday or whenever Sugano signs because his posting deadline isn't until January 7th. So he doesn't necessarily have to sign by Tuesday, even though that's reportedly what John Heyman is saying he'll sign by um, but still I don't see Trevor Bauer signing this week at all I think he'll definitely wait it out much longer than that just because basically what's going on here peel back the curtain here major league teams are in a stare down with the stars in free agency because 
with the uncertainty of next season regarding if how many fans or when fans will be in the stands next season, a lot of teams, including the Blue Jays, aren't exactly sure what their revenue will look like in 2021. So they're not as willing to just back up the Brinks truck for a guy like Trevor Bauer or George Springer just because they're not exactly sure if they're gonna not make as much money this season and then potentially lose profit even though they probably won't but for the player side they're trying to max in or capitalize on their value right now and that's totally understandable especially for a guy like Trevor Bauer who just turned 30 and this is going to be the best time he's ever going to have to uh, command a lucrative contract because his value couldn't be higher right now he he just won the Cy Young award last season he's basically I mean he's 30 years old but he's essentially in the prime of his career and even though he's a bit of a troll on social media and he's an acquired taste in the clubhouse there's no question he makes the Blue Jays better you know personality wise it may turn the Blue Jays clubhouse upside down and that may not work to their benefit but talent wise there's there's no debating why the Blue Jays would have interest in him so he's definitely someone they could turn to if they miss out on Sugano Sugano but even if they don't make a long-term offer to Bauer's liking and don't end up with him they could turn to a guy like James Paxton who's coming off a down year with the Yankees suffered a major drop in velocity on his fastball but he did have a tryout a few weeks ago uh, in front of a lot of scouts and he reportedly ticked up to 94 miles per hour I believe with his fastball so that's encouraging that's still no guarantee that he's going to return to his previous velocity which averaged 95 miles per hour on his heater so there's a lot of uncertainty regarding his future but I could see the Blue Jays making a serious run at a guy like Jake Odorizzi because for those of you who don't remember they were seriously interested in his services last offseason before he signed a qualifying offer with the Twins that paid him 17.8 million dollars this past season that was prorated so only made around six million dollars but unfortunately the Blue Jays missed out on him but luckily that allowed them to turn to Hunjin Ryu so it may have worked out for the better for the Blue Jays because who knows if they sign Jake Odorizzi maybe they don't sign Ryu but Odorizzi didn't exactly increase his value this past season because not only did he not perform effectively he was barely on the mound in 2020 
because even though it was already in sh a shortened season, Odorizzi suffered three separate injuries that limited him to just four starts and just 13 and two-thirds innings of work. And there's no question the stoppage of spring training, the two and a half weeks, if that, of spring training 2.0. Then you had the fact that you couldn't really train like you normally would during the off season because of the whole pandemic. Um, so he, there was no question that played a factor in that layoff from March until July. And so he showed up to spring training 2.0 and quickly suffered a injury to the muscles in between his ribs. And that kept him out for a few weeks to start the season. And then unfortunately, shortly after he returned, he got nailed in the chest with a comebacker during one of his starts against the Royals, which again, landed him on the IL and kept him out until late August. But then, even after he returned, he started developing a blister. And that, as you can imagine, significantly impacted his ability on the mound to perform effectively. Because Odorizzi isn't a guy who's going to blow you away with a high 90s fastball. His fastball only averages in the 93 miles per hour range. But he can spin the ball very effectively. And that's a big reason why he was able to produce a career high 4.3 Fangrass war rating and a 3.51 ERA, a 3.36 FIP, and a 4.33 expected FIP during his 30 starts in 2019. But due to the injuries he sustained early in the season, that comebacker that uh, gave him a, a contusion on his chest, all those played a factor in delaying his season and impacting his ability to get into a rhythm on the mound and then top that off with the fact that he started developing a blister on his pitching hand and that prevented him from spinning the ball as effectively as he was in 2019 and particularly with his splitter and his cutter which are two of his better pitches he heavily relies on his four seam fastball through it 57.9% of the time in 2019, but his cutter and his splitter, he also leans heavily on those two pitches. And his cutter, in particular, gets a lot of vertical movement, but it also moves very well side to side as well. But this past season, because of the blister, it barely had any side-to-side -side movement. And for a cutter, that's basically all it does. So when it's not doing that effectively, you can understand that it was crushed in 2020. And in fact, because he wasn't able to spin it as effectively, he didn't throw it as much. In 2019, he utilized it 18.4% of the time. But in 2020, he saw that usage drop to just 9.8%. 
And if you want to dig even deeper, his cutter averaged 5.7 inches of break in 2019, but in 2020, averaged just 0.6 inches of break. It's a massive drop. And again, largely because of the blister. And then let's get into his splitter gear because that was also largely impacted by his, his blister. And it was even more clear that something was wrong with him because in 2019, his splitter averaged 1,489 RPMs. But in 2020, the spin rate on his splitter only averaged 1,223. And then you get into its movements. And in 2019, it averaged 11.5 inches of break. But in 2020, saw that drop a little bit to 9.4 inches of break. And then if you want to even get into its active spin, it dropped a little bit as well. Produced a 71% active spin percentage. But in 2020, saw that dip to 67%. So you can see this trend here. Now, hopefully this doesn't continue for Odorizzi because if it does and he continues to produce an ERA north of six, a FIP north, north of six, and his strikeout rate that also dropped significantly, had a career high 27.1% or rate in 2019 saw that dip down to just 20 percent this past season so if he's not able to stay healthy in 2021 then he's going to continue to give up a lot of hard contact allowed a 38.6 percent hard hit rate and a 15.9 percent barrel rate in 2020 so the lack of strikeouts the amount of hard contact he allowed two major warning signs for the Blue Jays, but they can also use that to their advantage because Jake Odorizzi will turn 31 years old in a couple months. He's coming off a really bad year where he couldn't stay healthy. It didn't perform effectively when he was on the field. So considering he will definitely want some security because he didn't stay healthy at all and he's crossed over that age 30 threshold, Let's say the Blue Jays offer him a two or three year deal, somewhere around $10 million per season. That could be a massive steal because if he returns to his 2019 perform, er, form where he posted a 4.3 Fangraphs war rating, if you're paying him somewhere around $10 million and get that out of him, it could be a steal of the offseason. Now, he's not going to be a front of the rotation guy, but. He could be a solid mid-rotation player for you. And considering long-term, you're probably going to have Ryu and Pearson at the front of your rotation. It wouldn't hurt to have a guy like Odorizzi who could probably throw out 170, 180 innings per season and give you quality work as well. If you have that type of guy in the middle of your rotation, you're doing pretty well. But that being said, there's no question it would be a lot nicer to get a guy like Sugano or Bauer to pair with Ryu and Pearson. But Odorizzi wouldn't 
be a poor guy to settle on because I think this was a bit of an anomaly for him. You know, he hasn't been a guy to ever cross over 200 innings of work, but it's not like he's been riddled with injuries throughout his entire career. So I think hopefully this blister issue doesn't become a major thing for him because Based on the whole situation that happened with Aaron Sanchez, we don't need another guy who has a lot of potential but can't get off the ground because he just can't get, he can't solve this blister issue. And considering how much it impacted his ability to, uh, to pitch as he usually does, the Blue Jays will be in serious trouble if Odorizzi is their big acquisition of the offseason, pitcher-wise, and he can't stay healthy. I guarantee, and I know all of you listen to the, listening to this, would be blasting the front office for only signing a guy like Odorizzi when he's coming off an injury-riddled campaign. But, that being said, we don't know that Odorizzi would be their only acquisition for the rotation because considering the lack of talent, let's say, their rotation featured last season, and that's no major dig at guys like Chase Anderson, Tanner Roark, uh, the younger pitchers in the Blue Jays system, that'd be Anthony Kay, Thomas Hatch, Brucky, who's now considered a reliever. Um, I don't wanna say those guys were awful, but considering this team wants to take a step forward in 2021, wants to endure a longer postseason run, they can't afford to only pick up guys like Jake Odorizzi and hope the rest of the rotation, including Nate Pearson, takes a step forward along with them and helps them keep runs off the board. Because we have no idea what the Blue Jays' offense is going to look like next season. It's great that Kevin Biggio and Bo Bichette had respectable performances offensively, but we have no idea what Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is going to look like next season. So let's assume the Blue Jays don't sign George Springer because it seems as though he's going to the Mets, especially because they're not interested in Sugano. So it definitely seems like they're uh, narrowing in on Trevor Bauer and George Springer, if they miss out on both those guys, the Blue Jays have to do some work to not scoop up the leftovers in free agency, but they have to spend wisely and spend wisely on the right players. And I think Jake Odorizzi is the right guy or is one of the right guys to spend on. It just matters on what type of contract you're gonna give him. And I think anything longer than three years you should walk away from. And if he wants anything close to the amount he earned last season, $17.8 million, I think the Blue Jays should walk away from him as well because he's not worth that much. He's probably worth somewhere around what Robbie Ray is gonna earn and that's $8 million. So I'd probably be comfortable as going as high as say $12 million a season, but, that'd probably be the most 
I'd be willing to give him anything higher just seems like an overpay and I know that's what you usually have to do in free agency but not for a guy like Jake Odorizzi who's coming off a bad year and an injury riddled season you don't need to overpay for a guy like that even though there's a lot of teams interested in him including the San Francisco Giants um, it just does, it doesn't make any sense to overpay for a guy like that when you don't know if he's going to stay healthy next season you're confident but you're not 100% sure and you definitely don't want to bank on that opinion and then overpay him by giving him like a four-year deal at 15 million dollars per season that wouldn't make any sense at all for the Blue Jays or anyone that matter so let's see what happens with Sugano first because as of right now he hasn't signed with anybody so the Blue Jays aren't eliminated from that uh, competition. And hopefully they don't end up finishing as the runner-up like they did with Kim. But we'll see. You know, it, it, I also don't want to see, even if they don't land Suganu, I don't want to see Blue Jays Twitter ripping the front office saying they're not willing to spend because they are it may not be right now and we may have to wait until the end of January or even to mid-February to see what they're gonna do but if you actually listen to when Mark Shapiro or Ross Atkins speak you can tell in their voice, in the way that they're speaking to everyone, the confidence they have. There's no doubt in their minds that they're going to land an impact player or two. It may not be Trevor Bauer, it may not be George Springer, it may not be Tomoyoki Sugano, but they're gonna improve this team because they have to. Because if you head into next season in the roster, looks very similar to how it did in 2020, you're not going to get a lot of attention. And for the Blue Jays, their front office preached to Rodgers months ago that the way to make up for the loss in revenue caused by the pandemic is to get better and to get competitive and to get fans, hopefully in the seats, but regardless, watching this team on TV. That's how you create revenue in baseball. A lot of it is in the seats, but if that's not an option, you gotta get the ratings increased. And you're not gonna do that unless you sign notable players who everyone in the fan base will know of. So we'll see what happens. Because again, we still got a month and a half till players start reporting to spring training. So there's still a little bit more time for the Blue Jays to conduct their offseason. It feels like whenever this market starts rolling, it's going to happen fairly quickly. And the Blue Jays may get the majority of their work done fairly quickly. But we just have to wait for that to happen. Because like I said earlier front offices and players and their representatives are basically in a Mexican standoff right now 
where they're just waiting for someone to blink and then we'll have that uh, tsunami of action like we always hope is going to happen in the off season. So we'll see. But that does it for this week's episode. Hope you enjoyed my update on Sugano, my deep dive on Odorizzi, and hopefully all of you stay hopeful and optimistic that this team will sign somebody fairly shortly. But until next time, I'm your host, Thomas Hall, and now you're up to date. And please remember, wear a mask, wear it properly, and don't go out unless you need to. Thanks for listening.